two, and we own. So we are live, Coach's Corner, episode 12, with Mike Tilbury here uh, below me, if if this is showing up the same way. Um, if you guys are watching probably on Next Little Fit, uh, Iron Volley Performance on Facebook, there's also Iron Volley Performance on YouTube and Twitch now. Uh, we're going to add in Next Little Fit's YouTube later on, try and do it for next episode, but I will let Coach Stanley take it away. All right, like Ann said, uh, we're back. So Coach's Corner. Um, so we got Mike Tilbury. Uh, he is a coach in the area, um, used to coach at ISI, now does his own thing. Uh, Lester, Matt, that does, um, well, Lester that also does assistant coaching with me, Matt that does nutrition, and obviously Ant that like he's and it's, uh, insinuated at the beginning, Iron Volley. So let's get this thing cracking. So uh, it was awesome to uh, to ask Mike to get on this podcast uh, because he is another coach in the area. And I think it's always good to build uh, bridges with other coaches in the area because, I mean, obviously we are all trying to do the same thing. Um, and, you know, some people take it as we're trying to compete with each other, but really it's just a family. We're all trying to make everybody healthy. We all got different strengths. We all got different weaknesses. I can pick up off of his strengths. Um, he can pick up off my strengths, you know, vice versa on the weaknesses as well as other coaches that's on this call. So I just want to get it started. You know, Mike, just kind of tell everybody who you are, uh, what you do now, where you started, and then we'll just keep it rolling through that. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. And I like that you said that because, you know, somebody in the fitness industry, it is kind of cutthroat, right? Or at least that's the perception. And there's so many people out there that need help. And there's, there's so many different ways to get that. So I'm glad that you, you guys have that outlook as we're all just trying to help each other because, you know, at the, the end of the day, we're trying to help people. So if we can do that, we're, we're doing our job. So I'm glad that you brought that up. But a um, little bit about me. I'm from Pennsylvania. Moved here in 2014 with my wife. We have an 18-month-old son who you guys may hear banging on the door in a second. He's a wild man getting ready for bed soon. But um, my passion for fitness really started uh, in high school. I got into weightlifting with football and then track and field and did all that um, and really grew to love working out. But growing up, I was always the fat kid, the overweight kid with the last name of Tilbury. You know, I, I was picked on a lot. You know, they called me the Pillsbury Doughboy, which uh, was pretty rough. But um, after high school or, or during high school, I'm sorry, I, I lost a lot of weight and really kind of grew into my body. I played offensive line uh, in high school. I was, I was kind of small. I was like a 210 pound center. And we were running power eye, um, but we made it work. And we, we were a good team. We, we, we did pretty well. But low um, wins, low man wins. Low, that's what it was. It was all about leverage. Um, but after after high school, I went to um, a local university and I really just stopped working out. Just focused on that. I got up to about 270 pounds was my biggest um, lost that gained it back, lost it, gained it back, did that like five or six times. And then I met my wife um, close to nine years ago. And right before we met, um, I had a conversation with my older brother and my older brother is, he's a big dude. My older brother is like 6'3", 260. He's a former Navy SEAL. And uh, we just found out that my mother was diagnosed with diabetes. And right around that time, I decided to make another change and start working out heavy again. And we were having a conversation one day and he's like, Mike, why are you eating um, such bland food? Like, why aren't you enjoying life? He goes, we all know at the end of the day, we're, we're both, well, three of us, you know, have a younger brother as well all three of us are going to get diabetes because mom has it. I was like, well, that's not the case, man. I was like, you know, we're more likely to potentially get it. I said, but I'm going to do everything I can to not get it. And then once we had that conversation, it just tri triggered. And, um, you know, I've been on a, you know, a, a clean eating spree since then. 
you know, I splurge here and there, but you know, most of the time, 85, 15, you know, I'm doing all right. Um, but when we moved here, uh, or right, right around then I got my personal training certification. My wife's like, you know, think about it. It's something that you can really do, help people, your story, your passion for fitness can really help change lives. So I did that. We moved here and, uh, you guys probably know working in the fitness industry too. It's tough to start on your own yes. and, um, you're trying to grow and figure it out and you know <laughs> what you want to do with it. Luckily I got in with, um, ISILE training here. And when I started, um, I started as a part-time coach and within a week I got elevated to a full-time coach out of necessity. Uh, there was uh, one location, maybe 40 members at the time. I worked my way all the way up throughout. Um, you know, I oversaw the greatest expansion of the company. I went, for, we went from one to five, uh, locations, uh, over 1500 members when I was director of operations. Um, and then it eventually went national which uh, is pretty cool to see. And then when uh, the pandemic started March, April of last year, March, April, May, unfortunately, my position was deemed no longer necessary. So I was let go. Um, at the time, I, I kind of, I felt the weight was lifted off my shoulders. I was no longer really enjoying what I was doing. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I had to make a living. But when that happened, uh, you know, I told myself I wasn't going to do personal training anymore. I was going to move more into life coaching, which I was kind of doing on the side. But by the time that uh, it was made public that I was no longer with the company, I had over a thousand uh, phone calls, text messages, voicemails, Facebook messages. It was nuts. And I decided that I had to do something to help people. So uh, I decided to do online training, which allowed me to help people all over the country. I had people in um, Tennessee, Ohio. So it was pretty neat to do that. But um, that, that's where I'm at right now. I'm doing that. And uh, I'm uh, you know, really enjoying life right now because it allowed me freedom, which was really cool be able to spend time with my son um so yeah everything i do is online right now it's pretty neat that's awesome is it yeah and i know um especially with the whole pandemic uh we did online for a while and i mean yeah it did give us a lot of freedom um and then we're you know i'm looking at the news and we're possibly may have to do it all over again no telling what happens um in the near future but that's you know we just got to plan for it just in case but um yeah and be ready for it. absolutely yeah, to be ready for it because you never know and and, and it doesn't have anything to do with the money wise, but, you know, just because just like you said, we, we do this to help people and, you know, we do this because we love to do it. And it's not, it's not necessarily a job. It's just something that we wake up and we love to do. It, it takes something special for you to get up four o'clock every morning to, you know, go address some people and be like, Hey, this is how we need to do this. This is why we need to do this. Uh, you know, get their nutrition right, get their training right, uh, make sure they're hitting their goals. It, and, you know, it's this it is a job. Yes, but it's not a job because we love to have fun. You know, yeah. everybody, everybody would love to like come in like shorts and short sleeves and whatever else. Like, you know, we don't, we wear gym clothes all day. Like I don't like my going out clothes. I like they're they're just sitting in the closet because I don't need them. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. Everyone really go out. So uh, that's neat. That's neat. Um Anybody, anybody got anything before I start rolling? Yeah, I, I got a question. Um, so you talked about like being a life coach. So is that more specifically surrounded around fitness or is it more than that? So a lot of times it gears towards fitness, which is um, it, it's something that I might be uh, looking to tap into a little bit more as I progress with it. But the first few people that I helped, it was more or less um, issues with career, relationships, confidence, things like that. But as we've progressed, um, you know, I've realized that a lot of those people have issues with their fitness and their relationship to fitness. So it somehow always comes back to fitness. Um, yeah. But we kind of keep it open. 
That's awesome because I one thing that I try to tell people is um, when you find a really good coach, the reason I think that ties in well with coaching is because when you find a good coach, a good coach is going to try to help you even outside of just your time in the gym and just what you're doing on the fitness level. So that's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, there's so much, you know, so much more involved in, in getting healthy than just working out, you know, that, you know, whether you're working out 45 minutes or an hour a day, you still have 23 hours left throughout the day. So we got to make sure as coaches, you know, we're, we're preparing them and helping them get ready for, you know, the rest of the day. So we've got them for an hour, you know, for the most part throughout the day. So there's a lot of free time that they have and we got to help them uh, the best we can, you know, outside of the gym. Absolutely. And that's, and that's, and also another great point is uh, you have a very similar start to the, to the reason why all of us started doing this. We, like you was talking about the reason why you got into fitness is because family history, the way you, you physically were playing sports just about everybody on the staff is just about the same way we you know family history is in there we know that's weighing on us you, you know uh especially most of us are at you know 30 or 30 plus so we're like really got to hone in on stuff you don't you, you're out of that 20 that 20 realm so you can't just bounce back like you used to so mm-hmm. you gotta make sure you're taking your vitamins you got to make sure you're doing your cardio is you might have made sure you you know and i'm always big on you know what i'm just gonna eat right and lift weights but now you know now i'm just like all right i'm gonna have to get this cardio in because the weight is just not gonna fall off like it used to so i gotta do cardio gotta do uh my weight training as well <clears throat> gotta make sure i'm taking the right things uh making sure the body is staying healthy, doing mobility work, doing yoga, you know, all these different things. So what would you say is your philosophy as far as when you go to coaching? What is your, uh, what is your philosophy that you tell people? Um, it would, if like, if somebody was coming to you right now and they'd be like, uh, tell me about what you do, why you do it. So uh, to help people, uh, my, my goal in life, my purpose in life is to help people live a help, happier and healthier life in fitness for the most part, it seems to be my vehicle to allow people to do that. But, um, you know, that, that's what I tell people. But then figuring out how to help people, you know, we need to figure out why they want to get healthy. You know, we're, we're going to focus on fitness. But we need to figure out what it is. And then you know, let's set some goals and let's work backwards and figure that out. You know, I, I always try to get, you know, a little bit more down to some numbers for the most part. That's where people seem to be. But, you know, if somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want to be healthier. It's like, all right, well, let's figure out why you want to be healthier. Oh, you're, you know, um, you've got a family history of heart disease. Let's use that to, to motivate you and drive you. And then right. let's set some goals. You know, a uh, goal is, you know, a lot of people say, I just want to be healthier. Well, it's not a good enough goal. Let, let's set something that we can, we can track. So we know if you're getting healthier, you know, whether that's, you know, I want to lose 15 pounds or I want to get off this heart medication, you know, whatever it is, it's something that we can track and we can progress and work towards. And if we have to call an audible because whatever we're doing isn't working towards that goal, that allows us to see that and change. So you're getting the most out of it as a client or a member or, or whatever you want to call yourself. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, so, so talk to me about your, uh, your online, online coaching. What exactly, like what, uh, because we talked about before we got on the podcast, we talked about how we wanted to help um, a certain group. Do you only cater your online coaching to a certain group, like a certain age group, certain type, that type deal? Uh, so at first I was going to play, I planned on doing a certain group, but then everybody that was reaching out was just, it was from, um, I'm training a, a 13 year old whose mother just wants him to be active. Um, he doesn't play sports, but she just wants him to be active. So I've got him. And then I think my oldest client is a 68 year old woman. So I've got, you know, variety, like I'm sure you guys do too, right? A little bit of everything, which is neat. But um, I, I don't, I don't really cater to anybody. 
And again, like you guys do, you, you probably bring it up to certain people who are a little bit more advanced and then bring it down to people who are just starting or recovering from injury. Um, you know, I want to make sure that everybody feels comfortable uh, training with me or working with me. But at the same time, I want to be able to push them to whatever their limits are. I'm sure all five of us have different limits on what we can, can and can't do right now. So you never want to push anybody past what they, what they physically can't do, but you don't want to make them feel like they can't do their best. Right. Yeah. And I know um, a lot of times, not to say that we get a bad name, but I know a lot of times when people see our videos, because we do have, I have some people that I've been training for, say four years because I had a vertical performance center before I went solo and then next level fit. So people have been training with, you know, starting with bands and dumbbells. And now, yes, obviously some of them are off to the barbells and mm -hmm. it just want to, you know, you got, you got to keep advancing people rather than them keeping on, you know, what they used to do is not going to help them out anymore. So um, a lot of times people be like, Oh man, all y'all do is this barbell or y'all look like CrossFit. And I'm like, no, there's more than that. It's strength condition is the whole purpose. Everything that you may see with barbells, you can definitely do with dumbbells. You can, or I can even break it down all the way to bands. You know, uh, Lester does a great job uh, with the older population. He does have a lot more uh, clients that are uh, 50 and up. Um, I do also do a class that's 40 and up. Um, and the people that are in that class are definitely, they're only using dumbbells. When we deadlift, they're using the trap bar. You know, mm -hmm. most of whatever is going to keep you safe in the realm and then make sure you're still uh, not necessarily burning a certain amount of calories, but they are seeing results. Uh, and I know the lady that I do train that's in that 40 plus class, she's like, well, I want to start doing a little bit more, or I wanted to add another day because she's building that confidence at first, you know, two days, it was enough. And then she got to the point where she started building that confidence. And then like every other week, she'll try to do a heavier dumbbell. You know, she started with fives and eights and now she's on twenties and 25. So, you know, it takes time, but as they build that confidence, as they build that strength, you know, it all goes up. So uh, the same thing, like you may not call it strength and conditioning, but that's pretty much what you do. Mm -hmm. The thing that we all do is strength and conditioning. We may call it boot camps and this and that, but it's strength and conditioning. You got some strength work and you got some conditioning. You need, you need both, right? Yeah, it's you all the same. Both. And what I like to say, you want to meet people where they're at. So like you said, you guys are training a little bit of everybody, right? And you, you've got that 40-year-old um, demographic that you're, you're targeting for a certain class. So you want to meet them where they're at, right? You never want to you never want to bring them right in. And like you said, you start with bands and work, work their way up to potentially dumbbells. Um, but you never want to bring them right in and say, here guys, here's, you know, 45s on each side. Let's start some, some hand cleans, right? You want to progress and, um, you know, not to talk poorly about CrossFit, but you, you do hear horror stories about, you know, that small percentage of some of those CrossFit gyms that right. will bring you right in and throw you into it. And then you hear about other CrossFit gyms that are great and you work with a broomstick for three weeks. And mm -hmm. so you get everything with the, the snap and everything. So, you know, it's important that we meet people where they're at so they don't feel, you know, scared or nervous or uncomfortable being there. You know, think about, you know, a 40 year old woman who may be doing one of your classes. She's never worked out a day in her life and something triggered it and she's got to get healthy or she wants to focus on that health. And she comes in and you throw her right into, you know, um, again, we'll say hand cleans. Now that's going to scare her to death and she'll never come back. But if you welcome her with a smile and, you know, ensure her that things are going to be okay and kind of lay out a plan for her, she's going to be back because you guys are treating her right. And that's, I think to me, that's what's so important about uh, working with, you know, regular people, you know, not athletes, is we want to make them feel comfortable and, and push them to what they can do and make them believe in themselves. So, yeah. And you also get um, like, even just watching the tournament that was at today, you know, human beings just don't like change. And mm -hmm. if you can if you can influence the idea of them liking the change, 
then the process becomes easy. Yeah, it's falling in love with the process, right? Like it, change is tough. And this past year, a lot of us have had to make some change and figure some things out on the fly. Um, but like you said, most people don't like doing that. But if you can make them trust it, trust the process and fall in love with the process, you've got people that'll, that'll be with you for life because you're taking care of them. Yeah. So a uh, question. Um, I know like you talked about uh, bringing people in, letting them work their way in, moving them in slowly. And that's one thing that you know that uh, all of us here do is making sure people are taking their time. They're not trying to jump in too fast and stuff like that, letting them pick their own weight. But even us just kind of eyeing them up saying, you know, that might be a little much to start right now. Let's try this first kind of thing. How, how do you go about, uh, cause I know uh, all coaches may have a slightly different um, perspective on this. How do you go about, once they get comfortable with stuff, pushing them and um, helping them to advance and um, getting them to do a little bit more, even sometimes when they may not think they can, but you know from you watching them, they're, okay, you can do a little bit more, so let's get you doing a little bit more. How do you go about that? So I think, it, to me, it comes down to trust and connecting with people. If you can connect with somebody and make them, or not make them, I don't, I don't want to say that because it's forcing, but allow them to trust you, they're going to do whatever you whatever you say because we're the professional, right? We we know what we're doing. So they're going to trust you as long as you build that connection with them and try to connect on some level with them. So what I've always tried to do is I've always tried to learn a little bit about each person that I know or that I work with. If you can learn a little bit about them, you can connect with them somehow. You know, sometimes it's tough for, for young people to connect to an older person. But if you find some middle ground somewhere, find out about their children, find out about where they work or, you know, where they're from, that seems to be a good one for me, you know, not being from the Myrtle Beach area. I can always say, hey, are you from here? And like, no, I'm from Pennsylvania. I'm like, me too, we're in Pennsylvania. And you start to build that trust. But once you do that, they're going to be like, all right, well, they really care about me. And if they're saying I can go up a little bit more in weight or I can advance this movement, you know, they must be right. So I'm there. So I'm going to give it a shot. So, again, as long as you have their best interest in heart, they're going to they're going to do whatever you think and whatever you recommend to them. And then also, too, if you got some people like I know sometimes we'll have some clients uh, either we're working one on one with or they're coming into a class. If you're talking to them the whole time, they don't really not necessarily they don't think about what they're doing, but they're not so focused on I can't get through this. I can't get through this. It just seems more relaxed. It, they don't really realize it. And after a while, they're like, oh, man, we're done. Like, I didn't yeah. even realize I was doing that whole hour. Like we talked the whole time. Yep. But you also got a whole hour in, like you got you got a good sweat in. You got, you know, obviously I'm not saying like <laughs> they can completely talk every time because if they're <laughs> talking the whole time, we're not doing anything besides just socializing. But, <laughs> but you know, that is that is always a good thing. You can um, take their mind off of it. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And I think too, as coaches, like we've got to find what works for us. When you know like, how we can connect with people. Whenever you have a new client, um, what's your, I guess we'll say, kind of like your onboarding process. And when you're, when you're, I'll say, assessing them, whether you're in person or not, what are your go-to, um, we'll say, assessments or movements, especially so, with online? So that, that's been a little challenge for me, um, trying to figure that out. Because most of the people I started with are people that I trained before, so I knew them mm-hmm. really well. But now as it's starting to get progress a little bit, you know, I'm getting people that I've never met before only through text message or uh, Facebook Messenger or something like that. Um, so that's been a little challenge trying to figure out what they're capable of uh, physically doing. But uh, when I, I, whenever somebody calls me or texts me and says, hey, I'm interested in joining, I'll call them, we'll set up an appointment and we'll talk. Um, and I, I just get to know them for the first 10, 15 minutes, we don't even talk fitness. 
It's all just trying to figure that out. And as a coach, I think what we can do is we can extract that information and kind of piece things together from that. So going back to life coaching, I use the, the skills that I've developed there and I start to pull things out from people like that. Um, but it helps me with there. But, you know, I, I need to know what they do for a living. So are you moving or, or sitting a lot of the day? Most of uh, people now are sitting, you know, with um, having to work virtually. But, you know, figuring that out, um, I need to know if you've worked out before. Um, do you have any previous injuries? Were they treated or did you ignore them? What's your nutrition look like? Are you drinking enough water? Um, things like that. And then have you worked out, you know, if you have worked out, what type of workouts have you done? Mm-hmm. So just kind of going like that. And then um, they'll they'll join the workout, the virtual workout, so a Zoom group. So we'll have, you know, anywhere between five to 20 people on a screen. So with that, it doesn't allow them to, or they don't feel like they're being watched because there's so many people on the screen, but mm-hmm. allows me to focus in on what they're doing for the most part. So I'll give the, the workout, the instructions, coaching. But as I'm coaching them, I'm looking down in the bottom left corner and watching Susie, making sure she's okay. And then afterwards, I'll give her a call and say, hey, how did that feel? Um, you know, if it, you know if that bothered you or whatever, let's do this instead and let's um, make some adjustments. But I just had a woman start with us two weeks ago, I think. She was recovering from ankle surgery, her second broken ankle on the same ankle within six years. Um, so it was, hey, let's, let's start with this instead of doing – um, you know, jump squats or something like that. We're going to do some crunches or we're going to modify things. So just keeping them moving uh, so they feel part of it and they feel like they're sweating and, and doing something rather than put some pressure on them and like, well, do this jump squat because it's going to be good for you to get your heart rate up. But at the same time, it's going to hurt their uh, their ankle, obviously, with all that pressure coming down. And then it's going to, um, you know, it's going to defeat their confidence because they can't physically do it. Mm. So just trying to connect again, all back to connection. Yeah. Whenever, um, Cause I heard you talk about uh, like nutrition and water intake and stuff like that. Um, so is that just something like you do up front trying to get people with nutrition or are you actually working with people nutrition wise or, or, and how are you like tracking that and how do you help them? Cause obviously with nutrition, that's something that's outside of the gym and that's, you know, people are on their own with that. Like they passing by the McDonald's or the, the Burger King or the Wendy's or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so how are you helping them like track that and stuff like that? So a couple different things. Well, first of all, I tell people, if you're going to make a bad decision, ask yourself what Mike's going to do. And then you just kind of, you know, it makes it a little bit, um, a little bit funny with them. And that kind of helps break the ice a little bit. Um, but. <clears throat> there we go. Okay. So uh, just, so I do a couple different things. I do um, group training. I do uh, personal one-on-one training and I do accountability nutrition coaching with the uh, group training. I've encompassed everything with that. So they do get account or nutrition help with that. So they, um, it's not something I do with everybody. They've got to kind of reach out and say, Hey, Mike, I'm having a little struggle with this. So then we'll set up a phone call and we'll figure out your macros and tracking and all that stuff. But I do encourage everybody to track their food, whether or not you're tracking macros um, and all that stuff. Um, just track what you're eating. And if you're struggling, send it to me and I'll look at it. And it might be just a small tweak, like, hey, you're, you know, you're eating too many avocados today. Let's let's cut that back. So just a little bit smaller. But I also try to educate everybody as well. So I do a monthly seminar for my group coaches or for my group clients. Um, and a lot of time they want to know about nutrition. So we do it on nutrition. But just as much education as I can give them and information and give them good resources, too. Um, so there's a website I like. It's called healthline.com. And uh, I, I try to encourage everybody to go there if they have questions, if they can't get a hold of me for whatever reason. But just trying to steer them in the right direction with all that information out there, I think is helpful for people without overwhelming them and confusing them. 
keeping it simple yeah that's a that's a big thing you know with especially with uh with training wise and with nutrition wise that's one of the big thing that we try to push to uh making sure that we just keeping it simple because a lot of times when we get too complicated or they're just you know it gives a, a bigger reason to quit because mm -hmm. maybe yes we were all athletes but not everybody was an athlete not everybody's trained to just do exactly what coach says and we're you know not everybody's a robot so you have to make sure be mindful of all right let's keep it you know i always like to think of i have a sticky note somewhere around here uh, keep it uh simple stupid yep i love that <laughs> yeah so it's just uh, just to make sure like even with the training uh one of the biggest things especially like this year with the training um because i'm trying to amp it up even more um because trying to break the stigma of everybody always just thinking we always do one certain thing because we did when we started out with hpc we were mainly just athletes and then we branched over into general population and it's pretty much still the same thing with next level fit but i want people to really feel like they don't necessarily have to be an athlete to do our classes but we give them like if they feel like they uh they have that athlete still inside of them if they were an athlete or if they never were an athlete but they like crossfit but they no longer like crossfit and they still want to do those certain type movements or they were doing boot camps and they feel like they're they stalled out and they want to do something a little bit more advanced so like now with the programming going into this year uh now that we went full circle for a whole year is making sure that we added in all the pieces of actually doing um, a finisher every day to get that heart rate at the um, at the end. We're doing the Olympic stuff in the beginning. We're doing a somewhat of a power lift. We're doing auxiliary lifts that they need to do to make sure we're hitting the whole body and this total body every single day. But you're also getting that cardio piece every mm -hmm. single. Day. And then also, you know, then we have our two designated days because we don't want to overload anybody. Because like I said, you're not you're not an actual athlete. You're not you're about to go to a nine to five or eight to four <laughs> job right right, yep. right after you do an hour of class. So it's not like you're about to go be a pro athlete. So we got to, you know, make sure we give you that feel during class. But then we got to send you off to your actual job. So um, that is going to be one of the biggest things that we're doing this year. And that's why I'm so excited about our new program that will be starting in February, because uh, it's not just me just writing the program this time. I actually got, you know, I got the mindset of Lester. I got the mindset of Matt um, to add into it so they can also, you know, help them as a coach as they start building their own programs as well. Because uh, it was the same way that happened to me. You don't actually learn how to write a program until you write one. You know, yep. you can copy and paste all day, but you don't really know what it is. Like I tell these guys all the time, you got to build your own philosophy just like you built your own philosophy, learning through the process. You got your certification. Uh, you train people um, at one place and you was operations. And I'm sure being operations made your mind go a little bit different as far as how you wanted to train people as well. Because especially like with me being an admin and doing certain little different things, it makes me think differently on how to train people rather than this rah, rah, rah. We're just going to train, 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 train. So you got to think about, you know, people do have other things to do. How tired are you when you train? How tired, you know, how tired is this person going to be? They have kids, they have, you know, husbands, wives, dogs, whatever. Uh, so going and saying that, what do you think is the best way? Because I get this a lot of times when I do my engagement posts, what do you think is the best way that we can help uh, say like uh, a woman that has kids that feels like she doesn't have the time to train, doesn't have the time to go to the gym because she's got to go, this place, that place, this sport, dance, gymnastics, what have you. What do you say to that mom and how do we, how we can help with them? So, uh, the, the thing that I've learned over the past 18 months with um, having our son is uh, everybody's different. Like to me, if you tell somebody, you know, no excuses, you're just, you're just not, it's not important to you. 
you're going to scare them away and you're, they're going to have a negative feeling with fitness. They're going to have negative feeling with coaches too. So you don't want to do that. So you have to, again, meet them where they're at. So people are busy. Um, for example, my wife works, um, she works at a local high school. She's a, a counselor. She's there from seven 30 to three 45 every day or whatever. Um, she doesn't want to go to the gym afterwards because she wants to come home and have family time. So she wakes up, goes and works out at 5 a.m. Um, she'd rather sleep until 6, but she knows that if she doesn't, she can't work out. But knowing that that doesn't work for everybody else. So what you need to do is you need to talk to people and, and figure out what their schedule looks like and find out where to piece things in. And some people are so busy, they only have a half hour of free time. So yeah. you got to you know find out what works for them, whether that's write them a, an individual program they can do at home or say, hey, go do Beachbody on demand, um, you know, or just go walk around the block. It's it's finding something that you enjoy doing and that you can get done at the same time. And then find out where they're wasting time too. Like how many people are binge watching Netflix right now, right? Everybody's spending two, three hours a day watching Netflix. And then it's like, well, I don't have time to work out. I know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> but again, see, but we're finding that time to work out. Right. Um, but it's, again, not making people feel bad about it and not saying – um, you know, stop making excuses because that doesn't work for everybody. If you tell me, if you come to me and say, Hey Mike, stop making excuses. You can work out. I'm flipping you off and I'm walking away from you because I don't want you as a coach. Right. Um, but it's again, meeting with people and, and figuring out what works for them and how they can get the job done and still live a quality of life that they want without missing out on their son's T-ball game or their daughter's um, uh, chorus concert that night or taking the dog for a walk. Right. So it, it's finding balance um, and just making it work with everybody and realizing that everybody's different. You know, I used to tell parents um, before I had my son, it's like, uh, you know, you don't understand, Mike, you don't have kids. I'm like, well, yeah, it doesn't matter if I don't have kids, go work out. Now it's a whole new uh, perspective I have on things. So I try to empathize with with people with different um, situations or circumstances than I do. You know, we uh, most of us work out in the or all of us work in the fitness field. So chances are we've got a little bit of free time built in there. We're already at a gym or something like that. Right. So not everybody has that. So we've got to find a way to empathize and uh, relate to some people that, you know, work at a, a nine to five desk job type of thing with three kids and, you know, all this other stuff going on. Well, yeah. yeah you got to I mean, start becoming like minimalistic with equipment sometimes, especially mm -hmm. when people either it's not in their budget or, you know, it's too big or whatever it is, you know, bands and five, 10 pound dumbbells go a long way. If you do something if you simple, use it right. Yep. Um, I, a lot of my people use uh, like laundry detergent. Because wait, you know, I mean, you guys know how expensive equipment is right now. Yeah. In the past year, how it's gone up. It has escalated a lot. <laughs> it's crazy, like double, triple the normal price. So I don't want people to feel like that they have to go and spend all this money. And especially if right now they're just starting, like I don't want them to go and buy um, dumbbells that they're going to get past in three months anyways. They're going to have to buy more. So I'm like, let's use gallons of water. Let's use laundry detergent. Let's go fill up a, a gallon of water or a, a jug of water with, with sand. Like different things get creative with them. So I, I love that, that you brought that up, Anthony. That's some good stuff. Um, you and don't need a lot. And during quarantine, yeah, we was telling people to use like their grocery bags and fill it up with canned food. Yeah. You know, just using those type of different things or just using the can itself. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm going to go back to one thing that you said. Uh, people are busy. That is such a big thing because we, because um, all of us had changes over, over the years. You know, now I have... Um, fiance and a dog and you know my my perspective on when I need to leave the gym is a lot different I used to be you know I'm going to be at the gym all day long because I'm the first one in last one out type deal not no more like I, I got other things you got a team to help you now yeah yeah I got a team to help me out uh, you know I lean on these guys to uh you know uh the 
the better leader will lean on the people that they have behind them and let them do their job and, you know, walk away rather than, you know, micromanaging the whole process. Um, so just making sure like we always, we got to change our perspective with changing with time. Um, I remember I, so I coached collegially first. So I was at Coastal and Georgia Southern first. Um, and we always had these different seminars and it would be like, Hey, these generation of kids are changing. So the way that we coach has to change. And it's almost like it has got to change every single year almost. And it's like, once you got one group together and they're training one way, you got to bring in a new group of freshmen or transfers that probably never got trained that way because they came from different schools, um, what have you. And it's like, you got to restart that whole process all over again. And it's, and that's, and that's big because you got to do the same thing in the private sector. The things I can't train people the way that I used to train athletes. I can't, I can't yell at you, curse you out, this type of stuff, pull you by your shirt, make sure your shirt tails tucked in all this type of stuff, because you're a grown adult. Like you're probably looking at me like, uh, I'm gonna flip you off and walk out, <laughs> you know, yep. but, but you have to change, you have to change your whole mindset. And like I said, this year I'm changing my whole mindset of how we're doing the classes because we evolved from one thing and now it's time to evolve to the next thing is in this constant, we got to constantly keep changing. And it may, and it may change again in six months, not necessarily like I'm going to keep changing the gym, but the way we evolved the programs, the, what I have in mind right now for the whole year may change in six months because I see something going on right now. I'm like, all right, you know, maybe quarantine is going to hit us um, here in this way. I'm going to have to evolve. I got to have uh, you know, a little exit plan to go this way. And we start doing online training and, bringing in more people doing the online, making sure that our training pro because once our training program goes to online, it's completely different. It's more cardio based at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so, it, and then we want to make sure that we're still hitting the same goals because where people started or where people ended at last year, uh, they're pretty much started at the beginning of this year. And they definitely don't need to be at the same place when we get to December, they need to be, right. you know, in a different place. They need to be, you know, leaner. They need to be stronger, what have you, or whatever goal that they have, maybe, because I do have some people that their goal is to gain weight. Not everybody comes to me thinking they want, you know, want to be smaller. So just so people can understand, there's it's so many different goals. Some people want to be bigger. Some people want to be smaller. You know, if, if that goes to being leaner uh, or just, you know, body mass, just shrinking the body mass. So we just always got to make sure we evolve and make sure we're changing uh, with the times, changing with the people. Uh, you know, we talked about different ages, age groups, people that have uh, that come to us and, like I have a personal training client. I train them two days out of the week, but they go home and do, I have something for them to do at home because they can't always come, but they still want to train those, you know, four days a week. So we mm -hmm. just got to make sure that we're always evolving, make sure we're flexible, moving, you know, giving the best service that we can to people. Well, and I think that's important too. So like you were talking about earlier, writing a program, right? Like until you write a program, you don't know how to write a program mm -hmm. and that goes with coaching. So, I mean, we learn all these things, whether it's in, college or um you know your certification they give you all this stuff and then when you try to apply it practically none of it makes sense like no. it's it's just it's 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 nonsense so like you said you have to evolve you have to change you have to adapt right and you know especially this past year i think we've all learned that we need to be able to adapt and change you know things are gonna happen quick so like you said you're, you've got your plan set out for this year you've got a great idea of your program but six months on the line, something might not be uh, clicking or you might have a completely different base of clients come in. You know, it just kind of changes the way you think, you know, your, your base has kind of changed. So you've got to be able to shift while still keeping your principles and your values and what you want to achieve for them. And, you know, there just might be a different vehicle for you to get them there. So I, I like that. Definitely being able to adapt, change and evolve is important. Adapt and adjust. Just mm -hmm. keep them 
keep the train moving the whole time. Yep. Yeah. And, and people feel good about that. Yeah. I actually, um, cause when I was in college, you know, we, like you said, we, they tried to teach us how to write programs and stuff like that. And my strength and conditioning professor, well, our final project was actually to write a program. Um, and I wrote one. Um, it was just a little four week program and I progressed it based off the math and stuff that he, how he taught me how to do it. But there was no philosophy behind it at all. It was just literally just the math to make sure it was progressing from week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was one thing I actually learned from Santuan whenever um, I interned with him um, at HPC was you know, putting your own kind of spin on it and putting your own philosophies behind it and stuff like that. And like moving on here to next level fit, um, being able to write these programs together like we did this past one is pretty awesome to me because you got different philosophies all up in one program, which makes things more interesting. And it's fun for me because like Santuan said, he doesn't micromanage. And to me, that's awesome because I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, yes, I love my boss because he micromanages me. Right. Um, like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard that one, but um, like that, that's one thing that's very appreciated. And we also talked about like not being able to talk to athletes the same as you talk to, uh, well, not being able to talk to your general public population the same way you talk to your athletes because since we are a mixed facility at one moment we got an athlete and then we have to completely switch gears jumping into this general population we have over here and being able to balance that to me is also something that I find Mm -hmm. enjoyable um definitely a challenge but Mm -hmm. it's enjoyable so it's definitely some variety right Uh and like changing I remember uh I played football like I graduated in 04 so I played, I was captain my senior year. So it was 03. Um, and I remember one play, I played center, like I said earlier, and uh, I had exercise induced asthma in high school. And uh, if we were going hard, or it was, if it was humid out or whatever, I would have trouble breathing. And for whatever reason, I would twitch. And we were um, third game of the season. We're going, uh, we're driving down the field. It's third and third and six. And I remember vividly third and six, we line up, we're running uh, 30 pop, which was a handoff to the fullback in between guard and center. And that was my favorite play. The defense was running a 5-3. So there was a guy head up on me. And uh, I loved it, man. And for whatever reason, I was having trouble breathing. And I just twitched. False start, kicked us back five yards. Um, third and It became um, third and six now. So it was third and one, so it was third and six. And uh, I remember running off to the sideline. And the coach, our offensive line coach, grabbing my face mask and just ripping it and just shaking me everywhere. You know, what happened, what happened, what happened? And then the head coach came over and shoved him out of the way. He's like, you got to stop. I was like, oh, thank God. And then he grabbed my face mask and he's shaking it and moving it. And then I remember going home that night and my mom, um, she said, what happened on the sideline? Why was um, Coach Coach D and Coach Sledge, um, you know, yelling at you? And I was like, well, I had that false start. That was on me. She's like, well, did you learn? I said, yeah. She's like, all right. And now, like, you can't do that to kids. It's no. completely different, right? So being able to, like, you guys are talking about it. <laughs> You'd be so like, getting a new a new coaching job if you grab somebody's face. <laughs> right, you're you're done. You'd be lucky to get a new coaching job. So you have to learn how to take it from the general population, working with 40, 50 year old um, women, right, who maybe have worked out before, to a Division One um, football or lacrosse player. You know, you got to be able to figure out how to shift that quick without going into something like that. But getting to them and getting them to realize what it is. Um, I coached hockey for a little while um, in Pennsylvania. It was like two thousand five, two thousand six. Um, I didn't know a damn thing about hockey. And uh, they, they asked me, I was running, I ran ice skating rinks. And um, the one of the travel programs there asked me to help with their speed and agility. So I said, absolutely, I love doing that. And I had kids from um, five, I think was the uh, youngest, 
up to, I think 22 was what the program went up to. So the five-year-olds, man, you're just coddling and just, you know, getting them uh, comfortable doing things. My 22-year-olds, I'm in their face blowing a whistle and, you know, going crazy. So it's different. And then like you guys are talking about adapting and meeting somewhere in between. So I think a good coach finds a way to connect with people and turn it on and off and turn it uh, back on quick. Where in Pennsylvania were you? Mention is the biggest thing. Uh, Scranton. So if you guys have ever seen yeah. The Office, mm-hmm. that's where that's where we're from. But it's nothing like the show. Oh no, <laughs> no, no, it's nothing like the show. It's it's crazy. We went up. Um, I know a lot of the show takes place at the Steamtown Mall. Mm-hmm. Where they're going there a lot, dude. We went there for Christmas, and there was like, it was it was so dead that we went there with my son to let him run around to burn off some energy. Like that's that's what it was like. So the next time you guys watch it, just think of that. <laughs> yeah um it's also interesting too because like you said you have the different age groups of athletes as well where you have to adjust there. coaching a younger athlete is different from coaching uh d1 athlete or just a college athlete in general mm-hmm. um, and even having an athlete I, so i've had athletes like both around the 15 years old range but with completely different personalities you have to attack them different because i have one on one side who is really, really soft. And, you know, you have to kind of try and push them and grow them as a player and as a person to get out of their shell. Well, you got this other person who is a little bit more challenging to work with because they're going to push you to see mm-hmm. how far they can take you. And yeah. so you kind of kind of have to be a little more strict with them and get them in their place to make sure they like, okay, listen, I'm the coach. This is the way we're doing this. And I'm not saying not listen to the people you're coaching, but at the same time, you have to learn and adapt depending on the situation. Well, you said something good with the younger uh, athlete. You got to grow them, yeah. right? So find out how they're going to respond and kind of do that. But at the same time, like we're all at, former athletes, athletes. We know that sports are tough, right? Like to, yeah. to be good at what you do to win, right? You, you've got to be tough mentally, emotionally, and physically. Mm-hmm. So you got to help them with that, but find out how not to discourage them. So how to grow them as a young athlete. And then that older athlete who's – or not older athlete, but the one on the other side – Who's, uh, who's tough, right? Like, you know, we all know these NFL players who are kind of tough. I always go back to, like, Des Bryant or um, Ocho Cinco. Like, those guys, they were tough. They were steadfast in what they did. So you don't want to change who they are, but you just got to find a way to reach them and, and let them know what the ultimate goal is. So when I when I coached athletes, it was like, we're doing this because this is where it's going to take you. Your goal is to be, uh, you know, you want to get uh, a scholarship to go play at Coastal Carolina. Like, this is what we're doing is going to help you get there. By you being an ass isn't going to help you get there. Right. Yeah. So just being up front, don't don't give an inch. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh let's go to let's see. Uh oh, I guess I went through all my questions. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so, well let me let me ask you guys. Right. Um, I, I haven't had the chance to get to next level fit, which I, I originally thought that this is where you guys recorded it, and I thought that you had everybody there. So I was excited to go see it. But for, for people who may be kind of listening on my side that don't know about what you guys do, why don't you share a little bit about that to give them an idea? And then maybe some people out there right now looking for a new gym and they're looking for some goals to, to yeah. crush. Like, what, what do you guys do? And, you know, how do you how can you explain that to them? OK, yeah, I would definitely uh, come by it at any time. Um, we'll talk about that, too, later. But uh, so I'll start off. Uh, my name is Santuan. Uh, I am the owner of uh, Next Level Fit. Uh, so I also am the director of performance. So what I do is, uh, or what we do here at Next Level Fit is we make sure that we do uh, strength conditioning training. And it's not necessarily, I know some people get the bad stigma when they hear strength conditioning, but it gives you that athletic feel of training. 
Uh, what we do is we do a mix of everything um, as far as Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, um, and cardio, and we mix it all together uh, to make sure we make a, a former great program. If you were a former athlete, um, you're looking to be a better athlete uh, for your team or whatever, that's who we train. Um, that's what we look for. Um, and not just, you know, some people may think it's just such a higher level of training, but think of it as boot camps, but with just a little bit of a twist. We do group trainings uh, with people in the mornings um, that they're, they're getting uh, a higher level of training, but we also can drop it down just a tad bit and we can do uh, dumbbells and bands. So anything that we have programmed, also make sure it's programmed where it can be modified at any time. Everything that we do can always be modified. You don't necessarily have to do every single thing that we do uh, with barbells because we do a lot of cleans, we do jerks, um, and I may be talking over people's heads, but we do snatches. Uh, so the things that you may see at CrossFit, <laughs> that's what we kind of do, uh, but it's not CrossFit. So like, uh, if you want to get that athletic feel of training, that's what we do. Uh, we give that uh, just a just a tad bit of an advance. I don't want to say completely advanced, but we just give that tad bit of advance of training uh, just to bring something different to the area um, in Myrtle Beach because everybody does, you know, either some type of small like boot camp type style uh, or um, they're doing, you know, some there's some gyms that are just uh, populated for CrossFit. There's some gyms that are just powerlifting, but we kind of just brought everything together because we are performance. We do performance training. Um, I'll let the other guys talk about the athletic stuff, but we also train athletes as well. Um, I have Olympic weight. I have a barbell club that has Olympic weightlifting. So that's the clean and jerk and a snatch where we do compete locally. And hopefully eventually we can compete nationally if we make, um, make the big stage. Um, as well as powerlifting, we do a lot of local meets. Um, you may see me post a lot about powerlifting because we do have a very powerlifting. Uh, they're very, you know, they win. They, I hate to say it this way, but we win all the time. Everywhere we go, we win. Uh, you gotta be not, confident. Say it out. Say it. I'm not the. I'm not gonna sit there and be like I'm the greatest coach, but I do have uh, one of the best all female teams um, in Myrtle Beach uh, that does powerlifting, and that's just you know the back squat, bench press and deadlift. And I tell my girls all the time, uh, especially the new ones, just kind of get their confidence up a little bit because sometimes when you're coming into that world of powerlifting, it can be a little scary. You got people throwing chalk everywhere. They may have mouthpieces yelling, what have you. But I'm like, I don't care what you do. This may be your first meet, but you're getting a medal. No, I have never coached anybody that has never medaled at any meet. And I, and I just build your confidence that way. And it, and it's true. Every time we go somewhere, we meddle. So, <laughs> that's so you got to say it, right? It's yeah. true. So uh, um, I, you definitely, if you come to my barbell club, you're definitely in a um, really good hands. Um, and like I said, I am pretty much the only, I think there is another Olympic weightlifting team. I don't want to uh, discredit them. There's another Olympic weightlifting team in the area. But as far as barbell and, and Olympic weightlifting, I pretty much, I think I have the only one. Um, that is sanctioned under USAW and USAPL in the Grand Strand. So awesome, let the guys talk about their sports stuff as well, too. Okay, uh, I'll go next. Uh, my name's Lester. I'm, I'm the only one without a name on the screen here. Um, <laughs> he can change that in the settings. Oh, it's not a bigger deal. It's just a joke. Matt will never um, find it. <laughs> but um, I am um, one of the assistants at Nets Level Fit. Uh, I focus more uh on the basketball side and the like santon said the older population um side of things um so like with my older population um i stick more with the bands and dumbbells route uh, we use barbells from time to time um just like after we've worked up to that um but mostly 
we I just stick with and like my clients just stick with the bands and the dumbbells. Just being older, you know, joints sometimes with arthritis and yeah, you don't want to put that pressure. Yeah, you you don't want to add too much pressure to those joints and stuff like that. Um, and there there's usually some type of underlying back issues and stuff like that. We you just don't want to try and get too much into uh the barbell work with that. Now that being said, people with back issues when worked with properly can do barbell work. Mm -hmm. um it just you have to progress to it so um that's kind of how i go about with my uh older population um with my basketball uh clients um it depends on in season out of season like right now basketball being in season um most of my clients have you know they want to focus specifically on their team and you know that's completely understandable but i do have some clients that you know want to still come one to two days a week, which that, you know, something we can do on the weekends, um, stuff like that. Once you're out of season, uh, I push more for the three to five days a week because I feel like obviously the more I can get you, the more uh, you're going to progress throughout your off season. And from there, I focus, Let if I can get you the five, we're going to be doing um, at least three days of skill and then two days of strength training. Because mm -hmm. most of my uh, clients are more in the middle school range anyway. So two days of strength is a lot more than most middle schoolers are doing. Um, so if we can get you to three days of skill and the two days of strength in that middle school range, and I think that's plenty. Someone that's more in the high school, college range, I might ask them to come six days a week just because I want to do three days of skill, three days of strength. Split it, yep. Um, just do, do the even split with it. Um, so for me, that's the way I kind of attack um, my my clients because that's generally the kind of clientele that I have would be the older population in the basketball. Awesome. Heck yeah. I'm taking it up next. All right. Matt doesn't <laughs> talk. So I figured I'd give him a chance. Um, so I'll let the uh, athletics and sports if I go. I'll, I'll bring down your own nutrition. Okay. Right, finish so, it off. I like it. My name's Anthony Crawley. Um, I'm listed as the director of volleyball performance. Um, I unofficially, I will say that unofficially, work in Next Level Fit uh, <laughs> within my own business. But um, kind of, I'm like the silent employee. It's <laughs> the easiest way to put it. Um, but I deal with a lot of middle school to collegiate athletes um, from basics, you know, kind of our spectrums, all of our spectrums, basics to advanced, um, everything in between. But it's really a, I try and go, I, I've tried to look at everything that a lot of different bigger names have done with, you know, they do so many days of speed training, so many days of strength training, you know, footwork Friday, you know, or people want to do single leg Saturday I've seen lately. And I've gone two days of strength training and one day of conditioning. Whether that's conditioning is usually footwork and agility, but it could be what I've thrown in here and there is some more metabolic conditioning. Or we might do actual volleyball skill based things, but incorporate it within footwork. So it's really been about getting them from that ground, that base of zero up to a more collegiate style training program before they even get into that collegiate style program. So kind of give them a base and work from there. Yeah. Awesome. And, I mean, I've got, I've got, you know, 
I think Lester does too, and I know Santuan does. You know, we have some younger athletes, you know, ninth and tenth graders, that yeah. are developing rather fast, and they're they're buying into what we're we're doing. So, you know, I had one one athlete that just graduated high school, and we converted her. I think it was pretty much all of us converted her into um, Olympic weightlifting. Got her a pair of shoes. I mean, she's like r- religious about it. So if she can touch the barbell. That's that made her. That has made her day. So whenever, whenever now, if they transition out of athletics, if they go to college and they're like, "Well, I'm not going to play in college," you know, we try and all give them those options. Which is because you know, at the end of the day, most of us aren't going to play sports forever. So to have something like that to fall in love with working out or fitness or, I mean, whatever the heck you want to call it, man, that to me, that that's awesome. That's great. Keeps you away from that, uh, that freshman 15. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. <laughs> On that note, I'll chime in. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm the, um, assistant director of nutrition at the gym. Um, so the way I set everything up is it all depends upon what you do for a living, how much you work out. Um, have you tracked before, like you said earlier, just get them tracking no matter how they want to do it. You can put it in an app. You can write it down on paper. You can leave a notebook and a pen on your counter. I don't care how you do it. We just got to start doing it somehow. Mm-hmm. So off rip, I'll just start people and tell them the basics of nutrition. A lot of people don't know that water is like the secret weapon to being healthy and losing weight and getting in shape. Right. It's crazy. Well, us sounds crazy. <laughs> the average person like, water? Why? Something so simple. The answer the day and you're like, how do you do that and live? But sometimes that's the way it goes. So I started off like basically just track it however you want to track it. Just get used to tracking it and just be conscious of what you're doing and then make sure your water is good. That's the first that like start with water on everybody. Just that's what I do. First two weeks, track your food and make sure you hit your water number. After that, and you're being conscious. Now that you've tracked for two weeks, I have a baseline of what you do and what you normally eat. Even if you're being conscious or cheating a little bit, it'll all be there. I can see it and start, and I can build off of that. Um, I tell everybody, too, with nutrition, if there's something you love to do or you love to eat, you don't have to get rid of that food. Just mm-hmm. healthy. Like, you could fit that into your macros or your calorie count or whatever way you want to track. Just don't – you don't have to lose what you love. Right. It's socially awkward. If you're out with your buddies and they want to have a beer and some wings and watch the football game, it's okay. Build it in wings and watch the football game. Like <laughs> one meal one day isn't going to crush you. It's 365 days in a year. Yep. It's okay to enjoy yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself that, oh, well, I had three beers today and ate 5,000 calories and wings. Like, personally, you probably didn't eat that. It's very hard to do. Right. <laughs> it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> we did do it a couple of days ago. But so you can do it. It can be done. But just baseline is just. And it depends on age, like you said earlier, too. I do nutrition supplementation. So supplements is a big thing with age brackets. Mm-hmm. And you do 85, 15. If you're 18 years old, you can do 60, 40. It'd be all right. Yep. Rip all that food apart and send it right out. Mm-hmm. The older you get, it's going to be more nutrition and less fitness. You know, if you're 50, it could be, you know, 80, 20. You know, the older you get, the more problems you have. Like you said, back pains, arthritis, joint pain. That's all going to go into whether you're going to have to have your nutrition dialed in like 90-10 or 80-20. It all depends. It all is a big cycle. It all works together. 
nutrition though is just in my opinion is one of the biggest pieces if you're missing that centerpiece the rest of it won't stay together mm-hmm. it just yep. falls apart. you can't work a bad nutrition plan you can yep. you can try to you can work out three hours a day but if you eat like crap you're just going to be a smaller version of yourself you're not actually going to get the tone they're nice physique you're looking to get you bring that up that's a great point like for people that work out like two times a day like you most people barely eat enough to work out once a day correct let alone like another one especially if you're if you're doing power lifts or you're doing um you know an hour of conditioning like you're burning a lot and chances are you're not eating enough to supplement one workout let alone two and people Um, understand with a lot of nutrition stuff it's timing for one and it's what you're eating you can't mm -hmm. just eat Wendy's, Jake, like I said, McDonald's, Burger King, whatever you're passing, and be good to work out for two hours a day, unless you're Ant. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you up in the top corner. And like, you can make that work. But for the most part, people can't do it. They're not putting enough, um, we'll say the, fuel. Not putting the, the proper macros in their body at the right time, mm-hmm. let their body maintain what they're doing and be active that long, and then recover properly. Right. Or have your macros right, or your food right, you're not going to First of all, not going to have the right energy to train every day. And then if you're not eating the right timelines, you're not going to recover or be able to train. So, And it's funny because it's there's a lot that goes into it. But at the end of the day, it's so simple. And it, it's like, and, to us, it's like we think about it all the time. To us as coaches, it's super simple. Mm-hmm. But people, like you said, don't understand or don't understand like the water is like the magic pill to fitness. Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's really, drink, it, drink 100 ounces of a gallon of water a day and you will watch the weight fall. Good. You're good, right? Yep. Watch, watch <laughs> it start to change. You'll notice mm-hmm. it. And it's, it's even crazy like how you talk about like you want to make time for everything and you know drink your water and all that. And a lot of people, if you can't even if you can't even wake up refreshed, do you think you're gonna have the energy to do all of that? Like even before you get out of bed, if you wake up and you just feel completely destroyed, it's just not possible. You're playing from behind from the get go. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people have had such bad nutrition for such a long amount of time or for so many years. They, you know, like we were saying, we've all talked about our families, right? My family, I am the only person in my family below 250 to 280 pounds. My family's all big. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's, people say it's genetics. Well, I'm 180 pounds. It's definitely not genetics. It's, conquer whatever you want to conquer. We make decisions. Yeah. yeah. Make the decision to live healthy and mm-hmm. you can do it. Yep. And find out where your happy is. Like, where, where's your happiness? Happiness and healthiness. I think those are two big important things. And it's got to go hand in hand. Like, what is your why, too? Mm-hmm. So, my dad, you know, when I got old enough to play intermediate town, I love from the U.S. We play like town leagues and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The parents usually coach those leagues. Well, when I came through, my parents, my dad couldn't coach anymore because he was. Oh wait, I wanted. I don't want to be that guy. I'm gonna be there with my kid on the field. Hey, you, you want to learn how to play? Let's go. Like, mm-hmm. I'm right now. <laughs> I don't care what time of day it is. Like, so what is your why? Yep. Your why is strong enough? You'll find the drive and the time. Like you said, your your wife wakes up at five o'clock to work out. Mm-hmm. That's her it's, why. She's got to do it. Yep. I spend two hours a day on Sunday prepping food. I so I don't have time to cook during the week. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I work a job. We got the gym and we got nutrition and we got training. We got. So but you find a way to make it work. You build it in that schedule. You gotta schedule it to make yep. it. So it would have been easier to just sit around and not do anything for two hours because you know we're, everybody's busy during the week for the most part. But it, Sunday for majority of people is a good time to to prep meals 
and finding what, what works for you to prep that meal too. So like we do, um, my wife does a good job of uh, baking and roasting vegetables for us for the week. She'll do that on Sunday. Perhaps that does a great job with it. She's amazing uh, with it. Um, as we found though, with, with a, a child now, it's tough to prep everything else. So we do um, two twelve meal prep. We'll do that and we'll get a couple meals for lunch throughout the week. That helps us. But it's important to just focus on the nutrition, find out what works for you. And, and as you can get your nutrition dialed in and work, you know, even like you said earlier, if you don't, if weightlifting and resistance training is not your thing, you literally can go for a walk to start your, your finisher. Mm-hmm. Like literally just get active. Yep. Just Not move. Start you and get you to the point where then you can come and see us and we can get you to that next level. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just that first step. So on top of that, um, we're going to, we're going to cut it there. Um, I do ask uh, Mike, if you could give us uh, everyone watching one piece of advice um, when they begin their fitness journey, what would it be? So I, I think we talked about it, this whole thing, just find out what your why is and I'll always go back to that. Cause you, there's going to be days you want to wake up. You don't want to go to the gym or there's days when you work late and you don't want to go to the gym. Just find out what that why is and always go back to it. Mm-hmm. And don't overthink things. Like people, people put too much on fitness. It's go have fun. Move. Yeah. Yeah. And in, I guess the easiest way is your fun is different than our fun. Cause our fun could be destroying our body and not being able to walk out. Your fun could just be, I went for a walk. Yeah. So that's, that's a great way know, to put it. And you can always go back and forth. So, mm-hmm. but 30 minutes a day is all you need. Yep. Yep. He's 30 minutes a day. So with that, Mike, thank you so much for, for coming on with us. We really appreciate it. Um, get to touch base with a lot more of the general population where I know we are more conditioning and uh, athletic performance. So I uh, do want to say thank you um, for next week. We have uh, big Joe Ken uh, with big house power. So uh, it's going to be another fun episode, um, and we do want to thank you again, Mike. It was a lot of fun, man. I'm sure we'll appreciate talk you to guys you soon. having me on. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I had a blast. Thanks, guys. So, with thank that, uh, we're going to say later. Until next week, Sunday, 7 p.m. Take it easy.